You are listening to Me, Myself, and Remy, Episode 1, a podcast that is shedding light on baby loss. Today, I will be sharing bits of my story and about some realizations of life after loss. During the past five months, I spent a lot of time pondering how I would honor Remy's life in the future. While that may sound a little premature, that's just how my brain processes things. I felt a strong calling from God, but I did not know where it was really taking me. A few days later, I had four people in a three-day time span who told me that they felt that God was using me in this situation in some sort of way. And they all four also told me that I should start a podcast. I thought that all of this was very odd because I had never even spoke these words into existence. But I guess that's just how God works. There's always been some sort of stigma around talking about baby loss. However, I am happy that the stigma is changing. I want to create a community with other lost mamas so that we always have someone to lean on. While I never imagined that the podcast I would be starting one day would be about the death of babies, here I am. And unfortunately, welcome to the worst club ever, mamas. I want to go ahead and say, while I am a Christian and I love Jesus, I am also not perfect. And I cannot promise that everything I or any of my guests might say will always be 100% clean. This is real, raw, and an honest podcast, so please be kind and show some grace to everyone that's here. I also want to just start by saying that I am only speaking on behalf of myself. Um, Maybe one day Brad might join me on the podcast and talk for himself, but for now, I'm only speaking my own feelings. Um, I spent the majority of my life saying that I never wanted children. But on June 24th of 2021, I woke up that morning with what felt like a sign from God. Um, He was telling me, it's time. I, I kept hearing that over and over and over again in my head. It's time. It's time. Keeson, it's time. I'm ready for you to be a mom. And that night, I was sitting on the bathroom counter while Bradley was taking a shower. That's something that we always do. Um, it's the time that we spend every night kind of talking about our day and talking about what we're doing the next day. I told him, I said, um, so today I had this weird feeling, uh, that God told me it was time. And he said, okay, if you're ready, then I'm ready. 19 days later, we found out we were pregnant. I was like, dang, that was easy. Only to find out that a few weeks later, at nine and a half weeks, that I was having a miscarriage. While I thought that would be the end of my journey, it wasn't. About five months later, I found out I was pregnant again. 
I was so scared and nervous. The thought of another loss after a miscarriage is heartbreaking. Pregnancy after a loss is anxiety. I mean, everything is triggering until you get out of the quote-unquote safe zone after 12 weeks. I was excited for the future, but I was also scared what the next 8 to 12 weeks were going to look like for us. And I'll just say that everything was fine until it wasn't anymore. So on October 4th, we had arrived to our final OBGYN appointment. I was 41 weeks pregnant. We were prepared that day to go in and set an induction date as I had um, already been offered an induction. However, my body was not ready for labor. So I did decline the previous induction um, offers that were given to me by my midwife. Um, while we were at this appointment, we had to see a new doctor because my midwife was out of town. Um, he took me to the room and tried to use the fetal Doppler and no noise came out. He took us to the ultrasound room just because. And that little short three-step walk, I told myself something's wrong. As we laid on the table, the ultrasound lady had no emotion. I said, can you not find her heartbeat? She got up and went and got the doctor. And he walked in. And while I'm not blaming him, he looked at us with the most cold, hard stare ever and said, I'm sorry, there is no heartbeat. My whole entire world shattered. My body melted from the table to the floor. And I was screaming. A scream that I've never screamed before. I wanted to punch that doctor in the face. Because I wanted somebody else to hurt the way that I was hurting. I thought that bad things Weren't supposed to happen to good people, but I was wrong. Less than 24 hours later, I was calling my parents to tell them that it was time for us to plan a funeral. I was 28 years old. I stood at the cemetery and picked out a plot for my child at 28 years old. No parent should ever have to bury their child. It's normal to bury our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. It's normal to bury people who are older than you, but it's not normal to bury people who are younger than you and bury your children or bury someone who is not even born yet. I thought that I had a lot of time before I ever had to plan a funeral because I'll tell you right now, I know nothing about planning funerals. Well, I didn't. I do now. Even though I was in a lot of pain, I knew that as her mother, it was my job to pick out her flowers, her casket, and where she would be laid to rest. 
The day before my C-section, I spent a lot of time pondering on how I was supposed to continue on in life without her. She was the best part of me. Without her, the life I had imagined up in my head no longer existed. It was all gone. It had faded into grief. I was now grieving the life that I would never have. On October 7th, 2022, we had arrived at the hospital at 5 a.m. where I was prepped for my surgery. I was terrified. I didn't think that it was fair that I was going to get to continue to live and she wasn't. As I walked into the OR and sat on the bed for them to prepare me for my surgery, I was met by the kindest staff. They were gentle and tender and extremely patient with me through all of the anxieties and fears that I had going into the surgery. I waited patiently for them to bring Bradley into the room to join me. And within minutes, at 8.32 a.m., a beautiful 7-pound, seven 7-ounce seven baby girl named Remy Jade Stewart was born and deceased. I had just delivered my stillborn baby. Remy's umbilical cord um, got wrapped around her neck five times, and they said that that was the most that they had ever seen on a baby. And while some may think, how did this happen? Was this someone's fault or something like that? Um, this was a freak accident. This is nobody's fault. It is not my fault. It is not my doctor's fault. It is not my doula's fault. This was just a freak accident. Um, and there, there was nothing that we could do. So I just, I just wanted to say that because I did not want someone thinking that I was putting blame on anyone for what happened to her because there's no blame. Um, I was extremely confused and in shock and I was hurting because I didn't understand how she was struggling and I didn't even know. Like, why is that a thing? Why did I not know that she was struggling? Because had I known, there could have been a chance that I could have done something to save her. I could have got to the hospital quicker. Um, I could have went in a day early, but that's just not how this works. We decided that before surgery, um, we wanted them to take her and clean her up and bring them back to our room um, so that way we could be together to see her for the first time. Um, we gave them her outfit and her bow um, and all those things. So they wheeled me back to my room and Bradley and I, along with our doula, um, she was there for bereavement support and I'll just say that she was absolutely amazing and I could never say thank you enough times to her. Um, and my friend Brittany was there um, to take pictures for us because I wanted the real and the raw moments captured um, of us seeing her for the first time and all of our friends and family and things like that who were there. Um, while that may seem weird to others, they are my most cherished 350 images that I will ever have in my entire life. So I was really nervous to see her, but I was also like extremely 
excited to see her because I had been thinking and dreaming about what she would look like. But I also knew that my heart was about to be shattered a million times over again because I knew that my baby wasn't going to get to come home with me. And a part of me thought maybe I shouldn't do this to myself. But I definitely am glad I did because if I could do anything, I would go back right now and spend more time with her. From the moment I saw her, I finally realized what a mother's love was. But I also realized that it doesn't get to grow. Looking back when I thought those things, that's kind of dumb because my love for her will always grow even though she's not here. But the hard realization that I would never get to see her eyes, I never get to hear her cry or see her smile, that is when the devastation really started to sit in. The grief, (laughs) I mean, it was truly unlike anything I had ever experienced before. And I'll be honest, and I will tell you right now, I was so mad at God. So mad. I was confused. And I kept thinking over and over in my head, if you loved me, how could you hurt me? Why would you take my baby away? Why not that person's baby? Why not the person down the road's baby? Why are you taking my baby? People continually say, A lot of things like, oh, he needed her more. Okay, well, that's fine. But, well, why didn't he need your baby more? Why didn't he he need your son more than he needed my daughter? What made my daughter so special? Why wasn't your son more special than my daughter? It just didn't make sense to me. It hurt so bad. The following days, um... (laughs) were mostly spent sitting in an empty nursery, longing to hear her cry. The only thing I heard was my tears smacking the floor over and over again. I quickly realized in a very short period of time that I would never be the same person that I was before. I began to pray every single night trying to find some sort of hope or peace from God. But had Remy not lived and died, God wouldn't have been able to use me in the future to help others and to become a voice for the mamas who can't voice for themselves. Um, so as I wrap this episode up, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and for all the love and support. Without our parents, our grandparents, our closest friends, and the medical professionals, we wouldn't be standing here today. We would not have made it. Supporting bereaved parents is hard and it is extremely awkward. Um, We will get to that soon in a different episode. So I will be talking about that more, but I just want to say, please, please, please 
do not leave their side because they need you, even if they don't directly ask for it. If you are a lost mama and you need someone to talk to, uh, please reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I'm always open to chat and hear your story. Thank you for being here, and I will be back soon. Uh, Please remember that this is not the end. God is still working, and in the end, God will fix all that is broken.